0: Previously on Wanderlust. Bold Gryffindor from the Wild Moor. Fair Ravenclaw from Glen. Sweet Hufflepuff from Valley Broad. And then finally we have shrewd Slytherin from Fed. So as we all know, Slytherins <laughs> are down in the dungeons where they deserve Evil. to be. Evil is yeah, exactly.
1: Who dares to invoke the wrath of Steph and besmirch the Slytherin name?
2: Steph Black, how did you get out of the dungeon?
1: Right, guys, right, guys. So I will be here to talk about the honorable Salazar Slytherin. Okay. <clears throat> yes.
2: <laughs> honorable Salazar Slytherin.
1: Pay attention. All. Very well. Welcome, welcome to listeners to my beautiful dulcet tones <laughs> as I chat about um uh Harry Potter. <laughs> so <laughs> now, interestingly enough, our tech wizard Nick has come on. To uh, to say that he's me now, which is a curious, curious case of mistaken identity and polyjuice potion, left, right, and centre.
2: Oh, it, it reminded me very much of that lovely bit in Harry Potter and what looked like a giant pile of ash. What? They, they fed all the Harry Potter books into a computer and said, Make a new chapter. Oh! It's so good. And one of my favourite lines uh, it, the computer can't write uh, is it's the content experience. <laughs> it's, it's wonderfully bad. At one point, Ron eats Hermione's family.
3: Um, <laughs>
2: and <laughs> again uh Double Door pats the pig of hufflepuff on the head and says, "You are hagrid now." <laughs> <laughs>
0: i have to read this.
4: Now you know what it's
0: like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. how hard yeah, it is to resist. All
1: right, all right. Where is Slytherin from? Well, interestingly enough, you've all said Gryffindor being from Somerset, so from England, Helga Hufflepuff being from uh, Wales, Rowena Wavencrawl being from Scotland. So where would you think Slytherin was from?
3: Salazar sounds uh, like a slightly exotic name.
1: It does, yeah. it does. So interestingly enough, in order to complete the four countries of the UK coming in, Salazar Slytherin should be from ireland and that's what's mainly assumed now a couple of years ago of course we had that wonderful story about the founding of ilvermorny do you guys remember that did you read it yeah yeah mm. so yeah I remember. so do you guys remember who the main character was
2: no was johnny it? ilvermorny
1: <laughs> no, it was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, it was uh, a. young woman called Isolt Sayre. Now, Isolt Sayre grew up with her family in uh, a place called Cum Laura near Mount Slievenore which is um, in uh, Ireland, which is actually uh, in uh. County Kerry. And her horrible aunt burnt down her house, kidnapped Isolt, and basically. She was gaunt. So, actually, Assault is one of the last members of sort of Slytherin's family at that time in the sixteen hundreds. So far, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So she speaks Parseltongue, which is quite interesting. And J.K. Rowling actually did some really interesting historical research because she escapes from her crazy aunt on the Mayflower in sixteen twenty to America. Oh, yeah. And she pretends hmm. to be a boy. She cuts off her hair. Pretends to be a boy. The boy's name is elias story which is an anagram of assault sayer but did you know that if you go through the passenger list of the mayflower there is actually a man called elias story on the passenger list so jk rowling yeah jk rowling is really really good it's all real jeez yeah yeah there is a big problem with slytherin being from ireland does anybody want to have a guess what it might be Uh, not enough snakes Yes, yeah. Greta. There are no what? snakes in Ireland. What? No, there are no yeah. snakes
4: in of
3: Ireland. Course, there of are. Course.
1: Ireland famously has no snakes, which puts a bit of a crimp in the whole parcel. To text. be
4: fair, I'm not aware of any lions in England. So, three lions on the shirt, Alex.
1: <laughs> but um, <laughs> so the point is, uh, who got rid of the snakes? Saint Patrick. St. Patrick, that's the legend. No, no lions. (laughs) (laughs) But so, legend has it that St. Patrick got rid of the snakes in the 5th century, but actually that's more metaphorical. So snakes being the symbol of like druids and pagans. So basically, St. Patrick getting rid of the wizards, perhaps. And so that's why Slytherin has such a grudge against like muggles. So anyway, Slytherin's ancestors may have originated in Ireland and then moved to the Fens. When it says Slytherin from Fen, there is of course one... Main area of the Fens, which is considered in eastern England, Lincolnshire, Cambridgeshire, Norfolk, a bit of Suffolk. Yay! Yeah, there we go. Well, I thought <laughs> you'd like that. But if I had to <laughs> narrow it down, I would say that his ancestors come from Ireland, come near of where Salt Sayre is from. Mm. But he himself perhaps originates from near Ely,
3: where I used to live.
1: Yeah. Yes, exactly. So basically, Ely used to be an island. It used to be called the Isle of Eels, and it was only accessible by boat. And what do eels visually resemble? Snakes. Snakes. Snakes, there we go. So that is roughly where I think they were from. But you guys had mentioned this cool little thing about Salazar's name. Now, what does that sound like to you?
3: Spanish, I say. Yeah,
1: you're absolutely right. Because the name Salazar, according to J.K. Rowling, comes from the Portuguese dictator Antonio Salazar for, mm. who in the 1930s. But a cool um. little fact about... Um, the name Salazar, it actually pops up in Spain, like it becomes more prominent as a last name in Spain during the 10th century. So perhaps Salazar fled from Hogwarts to Spain.
3: Oh. Oh. Interesting that he has the most sort of uh, plagued by violence and uh, upheaval, does Salazar, if, Mm. if our theories are correct.
2: Like Magneto.
1: Yes, yes, he is like Magneto. And I think sometimes <laughs> that's part of the misunderstood nature. And some cool things like the green colour could hark back to the Irish connection. Mm. The colours of green and silver represent water, which was Salazar's element. Do you guys mm. know, what about your elements? Is Hufflepuff Earth? It yeah. is. Yeah. And, uh,
4: Ravenclaw's air. Yeah. That makes Gryffindor's for Gryffindor. land
1: no fire. fire oh fire, fire. <sighs> That's it. That's it. yeah 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 okay. <laughs> finally mm. according to legend JK Rowling's legend Salazar did actually reconcile with the other founders later in life and came back to Hogwarts to die
4: oh, really oh. yeah oh. you know you know it's interesting as well Godric Gryffindor is the only founder that doesn't have a descendant at any point, uh, that we know of, of course, the Dumbledore theory, but <laughs> no no explicit descendant.
1: Well, I mean, it's interesting because we don't know where any of these lines, I mean, some people have been able to trace them back, but of course, like, Voldemort and Harry are mm, somewhat related through the Peverells, right? So we don't know whether the mm. Gryffindor line feeds into the Peverells at any point.
2: yeah Yeah, maybe
1: well but i feel that we can safely say that basically jk rowling did have this idea where roughly all the founders would come from different parts of the country countries Mm. um, Mm -hmm. in order to come together and i think that that makes sense doesn't it
4: yes so speaking of all the founders um and getting and all the houses it's not always that easy getting sorted into a, a one of the hogwarts houses is it guys
0: It is not. Actually, Steph, you wrote a really interesting essay on this, didn't you, about hat stalls and how sometimes people are sorted not into the right one? Yes,
1: I did. There was a Harry Potter conference arranged where people could present papers and I wrote a little piece on the sorting hat if who you are at 11 is the defining moment of your Hogwarts career okay really interesting because Dumbledore says himself doesn't he that sometimes we sort too soon agreed yeah one
0: key example which you mentioned was Peter Pettigrew which I know a lot of people always bring this up on tours like was he really a Gryffindor because he portrayed James and Lily Mm -hmm. because all Gryffindors are nice
1: well the thing is (laughs) obviously Harry's under the hat for quite a long time but he's not a hat store when we talk about a hat stall it's if you're under the hat for five minutes or longer and Hermione comes close you know with her sort of being debated between Gryffindor and Ravenclaw Uh, Harry also comes relatively close but Harry makes a choice and so does Hermione they have definite choices of houses that they definitely want to be in or definitely not want to be in i.e. Hermione definitely wants to be in Gryffindor Harry definitely doesn't want to be in Slytherin but there are two hat stalls you get one about every 50 years, give or take. Um, now, the ones that we know, McGonagall. Does anybody want to guess what what, what house beyond Gryffindor she might have been in? Ravenclaw?
3: Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And the other hat stool is, in fact, Peter Pettigrew, who the hat wavered between uh, Slytherin and Gryffindor.
2: Oh, you can see that being evil at all. Like (laughs) Slytherin.
1: And I think that's really interesting because it did choose Gryffindor. And to this day, the hat refuses to say that it may have made a mistake with that.
3: Classic Gryffindor hat. Didn't you conclude that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Steph, but wasn't your conclusion that the hat sort of pushes you towards whichever house will contribute most to your growth as a person?
1: Yes, it was. It was. And I think uh, Greta's got some really interesting points about Neville. Yes, I do. I have a
0: lot of thoughts (laughs) on Neville. Neville, of course, could have been a Hufflepuff (laughs) because he holds a lot of the qualities that Hufflepuff's deemed very important. Now, people often say, oh, Neville's not really a Gryffindor in the first few years. He only becomes a Gryffindor around the time of Dumbledore's army, which I actually disagree with because it it really depends on what you really define as being brave, which is obviously a key quality Mm. of Gryffindors. I don't think Brave is being fearless it's about overcoming fear and that is something mm-hmm. that Neville does time and time again he stands up mm-hmm. to the trio in the very first year so I can 100% believe he should have been a Gryffindor from the get go yeah. from the off yeah I agree. absolutely Agreed. Yeah.
1: And, but I think it's interesting as well because when it comes to to the hat yeah Nick I completely agree with you I did say that because I think it's interesting that people who would have done well in other houses I think Harry would have done well in Slytherin you know being raised in an abusive household does sort of and gender Slytherin qualities in order to survive, really, survival instinct. I think Neville, you know, he does have Hufflepuff qualities. Hermione obviously has Ravenclaw qualities. But in order to sort of push yourself out of your comfort zone a bit, it allows you your choice. I mean, look at Draco Malfoy. Draco mm-hmm. Malfoy firmly mm-hmm. believes he's a Slytherin, when I think we can all agree that, especially in the first couple of years, his behavior is really impulsive and, and, mm-hmm. and a bit stupid. <laughs> yeah. It would be
0: really interesting to see how he would turn out if he had grown up with his father, if he... Yes. Mm,
2: might have been more like Draco. But mm. I
1: do, yeah. And I mean, I think this is interesting because if we if we look at the sorting hat, we look at all the qualities of the, the, the founders and everything like that. I mean, look at Ravenclaw, which I think is one of the most interesting houses. We have people like Garrick Ollivander, Luna Lovegood, Marietta Edgecombe, uh, Cho Chang, uh, Gilderoy Lockhart, Sybil Trelawney, these are all Ravenclaw. And me. And Nick, and <laughs> yes. Nick Longbottom. You're the most in the <laughs> Hall of Fame. Um, but they're all very different. They're mm, all yeah. very different people. Yeah, agreed. So, agreed. anyway, guys, um, yes, I'm going to let you guys go on with your wonderful events that happen in the Great Hall. Well, thank so it was nice to, much to produce Steph. Yes. Get back to yes. yeah, so get, get
2: back the dungeon, Slytherin. We, <laughs> <laughs> we agreed, everyone, that we would boo Stephen. Sure. <laughs> oh, yes, boo. <laughs> Do you
1: want to try that again? Be on. Back no! to your dungeon <laughs> <The unconscious>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Throw away the key Dungeons are pretty spooky, eh? Yeah. <laughs> they
0: are, they are Lots yeah. of horrible events happen in dungeons What yeah. other events are happening? The Halloween
2: feast <laughs> <Boo>. <laughs> And I'm referring of course to Chamber of Secrets where they don't attend the Halloween feast of the Great Hall, they go to a ruby dungeon where our heroes are present at nearly headless Nick's death day which is Halloween. Loads of big, great, excellent feasts in the Great Hall. I don't know which is the biggest and best, but Halloween is up there. It makes sense that it would be. It's
4: a very um, wizarding sort of a day, Halloween. Yeah, I feel like in Hogwarts, it's a bit of of a busman's holiday, isn't it, Halloween? It's sort of like, ooh, ghosts, ooh, wizards, witches, ooh. Yeah. Happy normal day. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: They do it in style, though. Notably, pumpkins and bats, They're the big big Halloween themes. They're they're, Mm. they're what Hogwarts in the Great Hall really goes for every Halloween. We're told in Philosopher's Stone that there are 2,000 bats brought in specially for the Halloween celebration. Wow. 1,000 in the rafters and another 1,000 swooping amid the tables. Imagine all the droppings. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They're supposed to be eating. (laughs) Most unsanitary. The other decoration, of course, is uh, big old pumpkins that Hagrid grows specially with magic. Mm. All the the giant pumpkins in, in one of the feasts are... Uh, big enough for three men to climb into. Gosh. Wow. Can anyone guess how heavy the biggest ever
4: pumpkin was?
0: Ooh. Uh, a ton. Yeah. Over, over a, a ton. ton. Well,
4: over a ton. I was going to say two tons. So. This is the
0: third question <laughs> I've got right on this podcast. <laughs> winner, winner, feast dinner. Hey, Great. <laughs> on. <It's> okay.
4: <laughs>
2: entertainments are brought in for the Halloween feast. Uh, Among the more notable that are mentioned are a troop of dancing skeletons. The other thing about the Halloween feasts uh, is that they're very often a turning point for plot things in the books. Most notably, there's the troll in the dungeon mm-hmm. moment where um, <laughs> Quirrell uh, comes and, and and disturbs the feast. It's also at a Halloween that the uh, the bloody sign saying the Chamber of Secrets has been opened is revealed. Uh, it's also at the Halloween feast that Sirius is revealed as being in Hogwarts. He attacks the uh, the fat lady, which won't let him into the Gryffindor common
4: room. Oh wow! Um, oh
0: yeah, eventful.
4: It's a really yeah. momentous time. So the kids must be on edge for every other <laughs> subsequent year. <laughs> yeah. like, in the <laughs> Halloween feast. Thing. What's going to happen this year? <laughs> That's true. God. I never realized
3: There's a dueling club that also takes place in the Great Hall founded in 1992 by everyone's favourite Professor Gilderoy Lockhart (laughs) and in both the book and the movie it takes place uh, on one of the tables inside the hall itself and although the club was unsuccessful it was rejuvenated in 1996 in response to darker times Hmm. and interestingly it might be useless at the time but Harry learns the skills during this dueling club that uh, stands him in very good stead two years later when he fights a duel with Voldemort uh, Hmm. namely the disarming spell God, he loves His that spell. spell. Yeah, the
0: only one he knows. Yeah, the
3: only one he knows. Yeah, and uh, and also the proper stance for a duel and the kind of uh, proceedings and courtship behind the duel. So bowing mm. to one another and so forth. He actually learns uh, at this dueling club. So yeah. actually, a significant moment in the yeah. in the year of Harry Potter.
0: Fantastic. So all other events they have, which are perhaps not as serious as a duel. But a Yule ball. <laughs> <put that
3: out. laughs>
0: oh. But of course, the, the Yule ball is very traditional in the Tri Wizard tournament. I love that JK Rowling put this in because this is such a wonderful reminder that these brilliant magical students are definitely still teenagers. It's, yeah. it's just fantastic. Uh, Yule, obviously, is traditional. Winter festival. Apparently, it's pronounced like Yule in Danish and Swedish, which means Christmas. Mm, yeah, yeah. And you can definitely tell in the theme where they transform the the Great Hall into, it's definitely got like a winter theme. I remember reading mm. that Stuart Craig, who's the production designer, and Stephanie McMillan, who's the set director, they were quite forlorn at the idea of turning the Great Hall into a party atmosphere because it's a bit <laughs> of a stolid environment. It's not really doesn't really say joy and fun and festivities. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So they really tried to keep with this ice palace thing. So what they did, they put these big heavy silver drapes in, they hung icicles from the ceiling, and then as centrepieces, they actually chose an ice sculpture of a building in Britain. I will give 100 house points to anyone who can tell me what building they chose as the centrepiece. Does anyone know? A
3: building in Britain, you say? The Eiffel
2: Tower.
0: (laughs) Great guess. It's a little bit more local.
4: St Paul's.
3: It's not. Like it
0: it. kind of looks a bit oh. like it. it's it got a dome. It is actually the Royal. I'm
3: going to say oh. Brighton Pavilion.
0: Oh, you you just lucked that up. No way. <laughs>
4: oh,
0: There's no way you do that. Long
3: bottom. No, is it, you, you've got no proof. <laughs> <laughs> Delete search history.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yes, but gradually you are correct. It is the Royal Pavilion in Brighton. So, oh. so it's
2: Exeter University. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I thought you were
0: going to say. Anyway, but I also love that um, Barty Crouch Jr. is sat there at this Yule Ball, which is incredible, going back and re- and uh, particularly watching the film where he's just sat there having a lovely little time because he's got this whole yeah. mission to return the Dark Lord to power and now he's got to watch a bunch of awkward teenagers mush around with the Weird Sisters. Which I think. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> Have you seen the, the slightly um, PG uh, cutscene where Snape is... Um going around outside the Yule Ball and going to all of these steamed up carriages and being like, get out, and they've (laughs) clearly been, you know... Yeah,
0: this (laughs) is in the book, because don't they go outside and there's like bushes shaking and people appear and they're like, get out, which... (laughs) There's a little (laughs) bit
3: of saucy mischief going on, which is uh, scandalous. Definitely.
0: And uh, and finally, I'll say this, of course, Hermione wears a blue dress in the book, not a pink one, and many of the fandom were a bit up in arms that they changed it to pink. And that's because a lot of people believe that J.K. put Hermione in a blue dress and Harry in bottle green robes because this was a nod to the houses that they should have been in, i.e. Ravenclaw Mm -hmm. for Hermione and Mm -hmm. Slytherin for Harry. Another little Uh, nod to uh, the sorting hat there. So you could say that finding a date for the the U-ball is a bit of a battle but what other
4: <laughs> but it is not the last battle that they would face Indeed. but the last battle is the last battle <laughs> of course the last battle of the second wisdom war happens uh in hogwarts it happens at hogwarts the very final part of the battle happens within the great hall not in the movie there's this whole sequence where harry and voldemort are basically just flying about the castle whereas in in the book it's far more stripped back um because obviously Harry doesn't announce himself until he they are all within the Great Hall. And lots of significant things happened in the Great Hall during the battle. So I'm going to read a list of who fights who, basically. So Yaxley was brought to the floor by George Weasley and Lee Jordan. Dollarhoff fell with a scream at Flitwick's hands. <laughs> so oh, God knows well. what Flitwick did to him. <laughs> McNair was thrown across the room by Hagrid, which is very satisfying. If you remember where McNair pops up earlier. Mm-hmm. Greyback was defeated by Ron and Neville. Yes. As if Neville hasn't done enough already right, in this exactly, battle, I right. mean. Aberforth Dumbledore stunned Rookwood. Mm. Pious Thickness floored by Percy and Arthur, which again is very satisfying. Mm. Of course, Pious is the apparent minister of magic at that point. And Voldemort, and this is one bit I really wish the movie had done. Voldemort is dueling with McGonagall, Slughorn and Shackleball at the same time. Wow. Which, uh, yeah, I mean, as I've said before, McGonagall, my favourite character, I would have loved her to have done more, for I mean, I love that Slughorn was also battling because Slughorn, of course, was mm. you know he had this real fear, didn't he, of mm. Voldemort? Like mm. um, yeah, since half yeah, yeah, Prince, yeah. like he almost didn't want to come. He was hiding for most of his life. Uh, uh, for, uh, sorry, for a few years before that, he was just hiding. Yeah. So I think it's really great that there is this moment where he stands up to Voldemort and also it would have been yeah. great to see Shacklebolt do a bit more because he's and supposed it's to it's be... a cool image of like how powerful Voldemort yeah. is that he can fight three of these massively powerful wizards mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Completely, completely. Yeah. And there's something so great. All these Death Eaters are slowly being defeated and it finally ends with Bellatrix at the end fighting, of course, Molly Weasley, which is probably one of the most iconic moments in both the book and the movie.
0: I, huh. I remember hearing an audible gasp when that happened in the cinema. But
4: I love it as well because, of course, Ron, as a character, caused a lot of controversy during the series by saying bloody a lot. And mm. a lot bloody is considered a swear word. But when this moment happened with Molly swearing uh, at Bellatrix, it's like, oh, it all makes sense now why Ron is such a potty mouth and he gets it <laughs> from his mum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And of course, Voldemort dies differently. Um, after Harry reveals himself in the book, this whole speech about why Voldemort has lost, which you don't get in, in the movie. Mm. Uh, or yeah, a bit of, it, I think. And Voldemort starts to sort of crumble away, doesn't he, in the mm. movie. Whereas in the book, he just sort of collapses as a corpse, which I always loved, because it sort of symbolized what Voldemort truly feared this whole time, that like, he's just become this pathetic corpse. He has died. The one thing he didn't want to do has now happened
3: i see i would contest you here because i i sort of prefer that he crumbles and floats away and i see what you mean about the you he just dies and it's very final and very yeah. sort of mundane um but i remember in the books kind of being like really is that yeah. it? like cause had, it's such a it's literally like voldemort fell over and died and i was like yeah. oh
2: <laughs> i had exactly the same
3: reaction yeah i know it's kind of meant to be a sort of like a it's understated, and like mm. he's yeah. dead, and
4: he's nothing. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, he's the big bad." I want, mm. I want like a. But anyway, yeah. so I actually preferred yeah. it. But yeah, that's about it. Uh, I, I love it. I, I, I love it in the book, and I, yeah, I wish there was a bit yeah, more things. a bit more. Movie, a bit more theatrical in the uh, yeah in the film.
0: Ah, but you know what they say: mm. with great drama comes great house point <laughs> earning. Will. What are your thoughts on house points? <laughs> uh, yes, the house point system. <laughs> uh, a,
2: a, a fine uh, other bit of uh, architecture in the Great Hall in the movies, not in the books, as we said earlier, uh, is the uh, the four house hourglasses that uh, demarcate the house points that that people have got. Uh, they're run by magic. Um... They're huge, great things. Seems to be the system that as soon as you get a house point, a little uh, thing will will pop from one bit to the other. Um, lots of controversy about the house point system. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about you guys. I read the books and I took in the house point system, and I had no problem with it whatsoever. Um, yeah, I, I the arbitrariness of it seemed pleasing. To me, Uh, it it was okay that a teacher could randomly award fifty points for one thing, and another teacher for the same thing would would add one. Yeah, you know. I
3: suppose it's in keeping with the slightly chaotic nature of Hogwarts itself, and Mm. the you know the ramshackle anarchy that Dumbledore brings to everything. Of like
4: (laughs) a billion points for (laughs) going (laughs) there. Yes, completely. Is there a cap? This is I was going to say, Greta. Yeah, because because there's a surely a limit in the amount of gems that are in each. Uh, hourglass. <laughs> so surely I, there is a limit, isn't there? I'm sure they could be magically replicated.
2: Um, yeah, I the mm. highest number of house points that is awarded in the books is 200. What was that for? Do you know, I can't remember. I, <laughs> I'm sure they could be magically replicated. Um, the highest number that is awarded in the books is 200. Oh wow. I'm just going to have a look at I mean, the graph now.
3: Sh- I mean, sh- surely Harry won two... He's done more for Hogwarts than anyone yeah. you'd <laughs> thought. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 200 house points for killing Voldemort. <laughs> well done, Harry. Yes. <laughs> Literally saving <laughs> us from annihilation. Yeah. Do you know where she came up with the houses, by the way? This is an interesting little fact. No, Uh, Because you know how there was that sort of these myths flying around Of oh she wrote Harry Potter on napkins And so on and uh, all that sort of thing And uh, J.K. Rowling tweeted That was like well you know that's absurd I didn't write the whole thing on napkins However I did used to jot down on whatever was to hand If I had a good idea And she says the most um, strange one Which she came up with the idea for the houses On a aeroplane sick bag um, (laughs) When she was uh, on a plane So she just jotted them down on that So that's where it all started
2: (laughs) Oh, that's great!
0: Aww. The
3: highest number of house points ever awarded is actually uh, two
2: hundred, and it's for Harry and Ron. Uh, they get four hundred between them for rescuing Ginny from the Chamber of Secrets. Oh wow! Which I think is fair.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair.
2: The biggest deductions: uh, Harry loses fifty points, Hermione loses fifty points, and Neville loses fifty points.
4: What? Oh wow! Well, what's that yeah? for?
2: What's uh, that? For wandering around uh, Hogwarts on you know uh, w- when their first years. Um, oh
4: right
0: oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's McGonagall who takes them away Neville didn't deserve that
4: well she's nothing if not fair I mean I was gonna say McGonagall I think is the fairest when it comes to the mm. house points that's uh, one of the reasons oh, I love her to a fault yeah yeah
2: more um, balanced out by Dumbledore
4: <laughs> yeah Dumbledore's just, <laughs> <True>. just, <laughs> <to> just like <laughs> to hell with fairness I mean let's also not forget how fair Snape is half the time
2: Oh, yes, uh, they've also, on Wizarding World, it's a very good graph. I heartily recommend it, listeners. (laughs) you have got the most generous teacher and the least generous. Dumbledore Mm. is, of course, the most generous. He awards 570 points that we know about over the series. Snape deducts 287.
3: Amazing. For for being James Potter's son.
0: (laughs) Your DNA is displeasing to me.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Terrible haircut, Potter. Minus 400. (laughs) You're breathing heavily. Are those new
0: lenses, Potter? (laughs) 50 points deduction.
3: (laughs) They displease me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's actually. A point in the books where the inconsistencies get so bad, uh, the internal ones, that J.K. Rowling had to do a rewrite. Oh. Really? Yeah, mm. in, uh, in 2004, she had to rewrite a sequence. I've got both versions here. They're on the Harry Potter lexicon. I'll, I'll read them out with voices.
3: Amusing voices, please. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. Malfoy says,
2: Afraid I'm going to have to dock a few points from Gryffindor and Hufflepuff. He drawled. <laughs> it's it's only teachers who can dock points from houses, Malfoy, said Ernie at once.
4: Yeah, we're prefects too, remember?
2: Snarled Ron. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good snarling voice, Will. That was a really snarly voice. <laughs> yeah. I know wow. prefects can't dock points, weasel king, sneered Malfoy. <laughs> Crab and Goyle sniggered. <laughs> It's nice they got something to do. <laughs> they don't do much else. But members of the inquisitorial squad, which was then drastically shortened in the new version, the point is, J.K. Rowling wrote in some inconsistencies, uh, my goodness, J.K. Rowling wrote in some inconsistencies and then fixed them <laughs> in, in a rewrite. Arguably more interesting than the house point system itself is the hourglasses. They are full of gemstones. Mm. Can you tell me which gemstones are in each?
0: Rubies for Gryffindor?
2: Very much so.
4: Sapphires for Ravenclaw? Uh, also very much so.
0: Emeralds for Slytherin?
4: Indeed. And for and dolly mixtures for Hufflepuff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it actually might as well be. Uh, it's never, ever <laughs> mentioned in the books. What? what? The, uh, oh, Are
1: you serious? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, My I no lord.
2: Yeah, JK had to clarify this via a tweet to a confused fan. But the tweet's lovely. She says, they're diamonds, of course. Like all Hufflepuffs are, or words to that effect. Oh, well, uh, yeah,
0: okay.
4: She's not wrong. She's not wrong. <laughs> good save. Good save. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> Fun fact about those gemstones: of course, they didn't use real gemstones in the movies. They used little glass beads, but they had to order so many glass beads to put in the hourglasses that there was a national shortage of coloured glass beads. Really. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Imagine yeah. all the people going and trying to make like a mosaic and then they're like flipping Potter coming uh, through stealing the all of our The glass
2: beasts. bead crisis of 92.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm going to test your knowledge now, guys. Ooh, this oh. is a- so, of course, there's a staff table where the teachers are sat at. Uh, we're going to play, you know that game when you've got a subject and you have to name one thing and you go around in a circle naming mm-hmm. it and, and whoever stops or can't name it is out. Mm. No, that sort oh, thing? Yeah. Like this is how we gonna I, play it, guys.
0: Can I get Steph to do my bit? Can we just... No, no. <laughs> <because> Steph's
4: <laughs> going to be very good at this. So I've got 16 staff members who I'm fairly confident would be sat at that staff table in Harry's first year. On the first day, actually, to be more specific. Okay. When they first joined okay. in sorting. I've got 16 staff members. I'm going to already mention one of them who won't be there. Because I think it's debatable whether he'll be there or not. But I'm going to say Filch is not sat there. It's oh. never meant... No, he he's my uh... first
0: choice. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, this is based mainly on the movie because he's never really sat there. In the book, he never really says if he if he is or isn't. I don't think. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take him out. Mm-hmm. So I've got sixteen left. Um, if you say someone wrong, I'm gonna. You're also gonna get be out of the game. You get uh, fired from the podcast. You are. Yeah. Yeah. You can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nick's gonna the turn now. <laughs> Harry Potter.
3: Our bosses yeah.
0: are gonna listen to this. Alex, can I can I just say? So if I do get fired, then it's going to rest <laughs> yeah. on your head. Okay.
4: This is it. Well, I'm going to let you go first, Greta, because you're the host of this episode. Oh, and I'm going gonna, yes. gonna, gonna to do it in order <laughs> of... Favouritism, Hufflepuff okay. no, standing got, up for each other. I've got to decide somehow. So because Greta was the host, I'm going to let her go first. Then Nick, because he was the first to introduce himself, then Will, if that's okay. Cool. Okay. So you go first, Gret. McGonagall. Correct. Severus Snape. Correct. Albus Dumbledore. Correct. Quirrell. Correct. Nick? Uh, Sprout. Sprout, absolutely.
3: Oh, the pause was ominous. Will. <laughs> Flitwick. Who? <laughs>
2: well,
4: Flitwick, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Correct, Will. <laughs>
0: I'm going to go out on a limb here. Yeah. Is Madam Hooch there?
4: I do. I I think she would be there. She's in the movie, but I'm going to assume that's also the case with the book as well. Okay, so I'm yes. going to go Madam Hooch. Well, have we said Dumbledore? We have. Uh, Will said him. Oh, well, I've lost then. Um... <laughs> 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 I think um, you knew You were going to lose With that Nick But I'm going to allow you To carry on Oh give there's a... Hagrid sits there He does indeed Of course he does There you are It's getting interesting now Okay G- Give you a little clue There are more staff members Because Hagrid of course Isn't <laughs> a is professor a clue a Great clue, Great <laughs> clue. Thank <laughs> you That's a defender. We've heard
2: already <laughs> I'll give you a clue They're sitting at the table
4: <laughs> What I mean is not teachers Sorry <laughs> Oh okay. Okay,
0: okay
2: okay Oh right uh, Of course Yes uh, Madam Pomfrey
4: absolutely darn
0: you um is professor bins there
4: i do think he should be yes Yes. again it's not said whether he is but i i I, there's no reason to assume he's not just because he's dead
0: (laughs) just because he's dead
4: (laughs) so yes i count bins
0: cool yeah professor bins
4: um professor tins (laughs) (laughs) all right nick you're out (laughs) do you actually have a genuine answer i I, know i've run out i don't know anymore okay uh will Could you do another of your famous clues, Alex? There is still one non-teacher left. Is there,
2: Mrs. Norris? No. um. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, she's
4: got her own table. Uh Um, Another madam to really help you.
2: I thought there were only the.
4: There's Madam Hooch. There's Madam Pomfrey, and there's Library.
2: (gasps) Oh, what's her name? Madam
3: Library. <laughs> what, is,
0: what is her name um
4: judy dench <laughs> yeah steph got it with pince mm. it is pince all right i'm sorry will i'm gonna forget you out no, that's fair um, that's fair gretz have you got one more one to more. win the game
0: okay okay uh i think I can... i'm can. i gonna give
4: you a clue because you're left with teachers now but i'm gonna give you a clue with one of them uh, a teacher who that hagrid takes over from
0: Oh, um, the flippin' magical creatures teacher. Oh, An old uh, bad grid. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, what is their flippin' name? Steph um, is
4: like really rare. <laughs> She's
0: typing it out. Um, Kettleburn? Is it Kettleburn?
4: Kettleburn.
0: Yes, I knew it was mm. like kettle something, and I was like, oh,
4: <laughs> it is Kettleburn. Kettleburn. Okay, Great, cool. In that case, Greta wins this game.
0: Yes. <laughs> to give you the other teachers that
4: you didn't mention, Professor Vector, who's the arithmancy uh. teacher. Uh, Professor Sinistra, who's the astronomy who we mentioned last episode, guys (laughs) Professor Babbling, yeah, well done, Steph amazing, yeah, that's the Ancient Runes uh, teacher, the last one, his name is Male Professor
0: (laughs) who (laughs) is the professor
4: professor. who uh, is doing (laughs) Muggle studies, apparently because of course we do meet uh, Charity Burbage in Deathly Mm. Hallows Mm. but in, I believe, the second book Harry mentions that the teacher is a male and uh, J.K. Rowling has said somewhere that this teacher took over from Muggle studies when Quira was on his travels and then became like the main teacher when he took over as Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Oh. There you go. We've But I we hope something. this game was fun and makes it into the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to continue to get home. <laughs> yeah, Steph did mention Trelawney and she was my trick one because Trelawney famously doesn't sit at the oh. dinner table. Oh, to shoot. Uh, Caught in your own web of knowledge there, still. Sometimes
0: you can be too smart.
4: So, well done, guys. You did very well. Thank you for
0: picking me, Alex. Hufflepuff solidarity. But uh, I'm not actually going to make a song and dance about it. (laughs) But speaking of songs, Nick, how about you bring (laughs) us into the finale with a Hogwarts song?
3: The school song, which they sing every (laughs) single year. And which I have here and thought would be fun that we all sing... Together So uh, I'm going to send you all the lyrics So that you have them And then we're going to make some beautiful Song (laughs) Go Hogwarts, 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 Hogwarts 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 Teach us something please whether we, we be old and bold, and bold, like
0: Tom the Landlord, or, or young with scabby knees uh, Our
4: heads it could do it with
0: healing, with some
4: refreshing stuff. stuff For oh, now, now they're, they're bare and full of hair, their dead flies and the bits of fluff
1: So, so teach us
3: things worth knowing, bring back what, what we forgot, forgot. Just, just do your, your best, best we will do the rest, and learn until our brains or hot
0: Did you do a long intro, Bill? Was that, did you count yourself in from 16? Well,
4: that was beautiful, yes. (laughs) Dumbledore would be proud. I think so.
0: Well, on that beautiful note, thank you everyone for listening along with us this week and for joining us as we get ready to finally enter Hogwarts. Of course, no one knows all of Hogwarts secrets, but hopefully we'll discover a few more along the way. If you've enjoyed Harry's journey, then don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. And of course, for those who'd like a little bit extra, feel free to follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at WanderlustTFM. Thanks for listening to this two-parter of Wanderlust. We hope to be back with a second season, (laughs) even better than the first. Can you believe it? Probably not. See you soon, Mischief Managed.
4: Hogwarts, Hogwarts, Hogwarts Hogwarts, hug teach us
1: something, something please
0: Hogwarts, Hogwarts
1: No, no more No more of this noise She's out again <laughs> <laughs>